welcome to UBU Pod. Here you'll meet incredible people who tell us about their rich and interesting lives of being visible, of working through challenges, and of coming out the other side. There's so much power in people's stories, and as a curious person, I love finding out how people tick. I'm your host, Megan Hamilton. I'm a speaking, visibility, and confidence coach, and I help you be you. I am so excited today to welcome Maria Minnis to UBU Pod. Maria is a writer and psychic tarot reader who writes and teaches about everyday magic and holographic thinking. She writes tarot poems and offers a weekly blog series, Anti-Racism with the Tarot. And if you follow me at all on Instagram, you will see me reposting almost every single entry because they are so wonderful. Welcome, Maria, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today. I have been loving your series on anti-racism and the tarot. So for a bit of background, for those who maybe haven't uh, come across the blog yet, do you want to tell us a little bit about what it is? Yeah, sure. Um, So anti-racism with the tarot is a weekly blog series um, that uses the major arcana of the tarot uh, as sort of like um, an analog to discuss like different facets of anti-racism work. Um, So we talk about the card, we um, talk about some topic of um, anti-racism work, whether that's like white savior um, mentality or, um, or some other more specific topic. And then um, there's exercises, including like readings, journaling exercises, and ways to take direct action um, to prompt everyday change in both yourself and your community. Um, and I'm, you know, right along there with the reader. I'm also untangling my own internalized racism um, as a Black woman in America growing up in this strange racist society. Um, so I'm untangling alongside the readers and um, yeah, every week we just talk about a different major arcana card and jump right into it. Yeah, you really do. And you do it in such a beautifully written way. You, you know, you, you are so um, wonderful with your words. Like you, you, you encapsulate things so beautifully and I'm not really sure if I remember how I was introduced to your work, although I feel like maybe it was um, Amanda Yates Garcia. I think she she reposts your stuff a lot. And like, I was hooked right from the get go. I mean, it taps all my buttons and um, but just the connections and the all of the learning I've done, like I appreciate so much how it's not just, you know, from your perspective, which would be in and of itself, like lots, but you also give like, you give work to do and you give resources and you do research to find places um, where, you know, people can donate to help people who are struggling under this oppression or, you know, you, you give us alternatives and, and I, 
I really appreciate, especially the journal prompts, right? To be to, to take a look at yourself and really, because it's one thing to read it and go, yes, I agree with this. Okay, done. I'm moving on with my day now. And it's yeah. another thing to, to actually give people work to do to, as you were saying before, untangle your internalized racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I have always perceived this work to be focused on the action that we can take, you know, in our own lives, our relationships, our communities. And so I've always thought of the like actual like blog entry as sort of like a vehicle to get those questions and like resources and stuff in. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And so I also really love how you, how you frame the the bottom part of each entry, which is, you know, you give suggestions for wealth redistribution instead of saying um, donating. And I wonder if, if, you know, I'm sure you have a specific reason and I want, I wonder if you wanted to speak to that. Yeah, I think a huge part in our like existing capitalist structure of you know, a huge part of being able to redistribute power, at least within the confines that we're in with that system being what it is, is um, wealth redistribution. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, things like wealth um, dictate a lot of times, like the amount of power you have um, and a lot of power that the communities have to look after themselves. Um, and so I frame it as, you know, I frame, you know, these opportunities as, you know, opportunities for wealth redistribution. It's just, you know, maybe it's just, you know, me being a little picky about words, but it's just a reminder to try to like shift, um, shift your wealth, um, however you can and whenever you can um, to create, you know, to create a more like equitable world for all of us. Um, And that can be, you know, something as, small as like a small, I don't know, donation, or it can be like, a, you know, a larger action you take in the world. I'm thinking more so like redistributing power. Um, and part of that is redistributing wealth. Yeah. And, you know, I can tell you from somebody who was reading it, that it, it made me think, and it made me think again about, you know, like if I'm thinking about donating somewhere, I guess what, okay, let me, let me try to, let me try to say this succinctly. It makes me think of two cards and one is uh, the five of pentacles and one is the six of pentacles, right? And there's so many different ways of, and speaking within the, um, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, there's so many ways of looking at those two cards and, and of, of thinking about what it means to help, to be helped, thinking about your position and especially about the six of pentacles, because it's, it's such a weird card to look at. I don't Mm -hmm. like it's, it's very uncomfortable. And what I love about how you phrase that is it, it, it made me have like a whole new way of thinking about, I do, I have, you know, I can help. And, and what I have 
is considered wealth in terms of being able to like, am I a wealthy human? Like, no, not, not by, you know, whatever regular standards that we're using, but can I, can I use what I've got to help other people? Yes. And just, it just made me stop and think and, and really get more clear about just, I don't know, just sitting in that and feeling, um, really knowing that, that you, we all have power to, to help and to change. And that's just really important. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, I think when we think of it as sort of like donations or charity, it's, um, sort of perceived as sort of a nice to have, or like a, you know, very occasional thing. But when we think about it as redistributing wealth, there's a little bit, um, there's a little bit more heaviness to that and a little bit more um, imperativeness to that. And, you know, it does, like you said, kind of push you, um, the phrasing does kind of push you to think about what do you have that's considered, you know, quote unquote, well, you know, like we may not be very quote unquote wealthy people, um, like we're not billionaires or anything, but you know, <laughs> I'm definitely not a billionaire. Just yeah, but I'm make that far clear. from it. <laughs> <laughs> but there are definitely t- ways in which we have everyday privilege that we may not always realize or take for granted just because, you know, everyday life can be kind of a tornado sometimes and you're just getting mm-hmm. through the day. Um, but mm-hmm. it does, um, it does benefit us all to just pause and think about our choices, including, you know, where and how we spend our money. Um, and then, you know, the blog series goes into, you know, the choices that we make far beyond, you know, just how we spend our money. Um, and so, yeah, that all, that's all just to say is that I have really focused this blog to be an action-oriented resource. And it makes me so happy to hear that, you know, people even read all the way through and, you know, reach the bottom of the blog post. So it means a lot that you even just mentioned, you know, what's, what's at the bottom of each post. <laughs> oh, well, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's such a huge part of it for me is, is the, is all of the action items. And I love that you, you made it to be an actionable blog. Like you made it to provide work for people to do. Cause I think that's sometimes, you know, if people are starting off on, on sort of their reframing of the world, or they're trying to really dig in and understand themselves and do their internal anti-racism work. Sometimes when you're just starting out, you don't know, you know, what you should do or where you should look or all of that. And so, you know, here we've got all of these resources that are available to people. And I, I love that. I think that's, it's, um, it's really smart and it's just, it's cool. And I really like your blog a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. It means so much that anyone even takes a look at it. So like, I don't know, I get very nervous about posting every single blog post, but, um, then I think about, you know, perhaps the potential like ripple effect. And then that just pushes me to click post. Um, otherwise I would not, I would be too nervous to post at all. Well, that's okay. So that's interesting to me. Have you like, are you nervous because you're afraid of backlash or just because it's exposed, you're exposing yourself? 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think, I think possibly it's more so being afraid of backlash or, or rejection. Um, mm. I am very, very sensitive to rejection as I'm sure a lot of people are. And that's something I work, I'm working on within myself. And, you know, I sometimes feel like an alien when I write. I'm like, I don't know if this will make sense to anyone beyond myself, but I'm going to take a risk and press post and see, you know, if anyone even reads it, much less, you know, like enjoys it or finds it valuable. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, thank you for your support. Oh my goodness. Of course. Well, have you had any backlash? Like, do you get people responding in negative ways to you? No. <laughs> and that's why my worry is <laughs> so silly. Cause I, I so could silly. start an email campaign back to those people today. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I've heard just positive feedback all, all, all this way. And now there are just about two more cards left. One judgment for this week and the world next week. Um, and so that sort of has me thinking about what other risks can I take um, in, you know, in my writing and in this area. And so I don't know what's next, but um, I'm definitely thinking about the possibilities. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was going to ask you what's coming up. Cause the last one I remember seeing was the sun and that yes. was about black joy, which is such a beautiful read. Um, and so there's two more. Okay. And then, yeah. So you don't know what's coming. Are you just going to let inspiration strike? Um, sort of, I'm a very like plan it out kind of person. So okay. I've definitely got all of these like mind maps and charts of like ideas and like where things could go. Um, but I found that that was really stressing me out. <laughs> and so I'm like dialing it back and just seeing, you know, I'm going to take it slow for a little bit and just feel into what feels right because, um, this was work that I didn't even plan or like initially want to do once I got the idea of it. And so I don't want to rush into something without feeling at least, you know, some level of significant inspiration because, um, yeah, that's what keeps me going. Okay. I love that. So with that, uh, we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back with Maria Minnis. You want to be authentic. You want to be confident. You want to be engaging. You want to be strong. And you want to be visible. Welcome to Dynamic Presence. Dynamic Presence is a three-month, one-to-one coaching experience that allows you to learn, grow, and embrace the kind of presence you never thought possible. This is personal coaching in six one-hour-long sessions. We work on goal and intention setting, you get shadow work tailored to your specific needs, and I provide you with speaking and visibility training and coaching. I also give you accountability and action management while cheering you on the whole time. Are you ready to improve your speaking and leadership skills and to become more authentic? Head over to ubuskills.com and click the work with me page to learn more about how dynamic presence can change your life. 
Okay, and we are back with UBU Pod. We are interviewing the wonderful Maria Minnis. So Maria just told us about how she's down to the last two in her anti-racism in the tarot blog, anti-racism with the tarot blog, pardon me. And so that actually brings me to another question, Maria, which is how did you get into tarot? Like where are your origins in, in terms of just loving tarot? Yeah, um, I feel like I have a pretty untraditional start um, or non-traditional, excuse me. Um, I received a pack of tarot cards, um, maybe let's say 2002 or so um, from a friend and I totally didn't know what this thing was. I was just like, cool, these cards have art on it. Apparently they mean something, Um, but my understanding was that you create the meanings yourself, which, you know, of course has weight in truth um, for sure. And so I didn't realize that there were these larger collective meanings. So I spent several years, you know, developing developing my own relationship to the cards. um, And eventually I realized, oh, you know, there are these shared, you know, collective um, understandings and perspectives of these cards that I can integrate into my own practice. And so a few years later, I started learning, you know, what those perspectives were. And I, you know, I'm continually learning different, you know, and more and more perspectives of each card every day. Um, And so I spent a lot of time just doing readings and uh, writing around the tarot, um, just, you know, pretty informally. And I started, um, opening up to like more professional paid um, readings uh, a few years ago. So I've been involved with the tarot for a long time, but I've been like professional reader probably closer to like, oh gosh, what year is it? Uh, like three or four years now. Okay. And you have a really unique way right now of doing readings for people. And I don't know, I don't think this is the way you've always done them. But right now, in terms of how you do readings, you you write poems for people. Is that right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about that? Because that when I saw that on your website, uh, I was like, wow, that sounds so neat. I'd love to know more about it. Yeah, definitely. So a tarot poem is pretty much um, a tarot reading that's, uh, you know, just for you. And it's delivered in a, you know, personalized poem that's snail mailed to um, the recipient. It's snail mailed yeah. even? Oh. Yeah, it's snail oh, mail. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. It's so, it's so, I don't know, me. I love snail mail. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really love writing tarot poems because one, I tend not to be a super linear communicator sometimes, especially when I'm channeling information. Um, so I feel like the, you know, structure or the lack thereof of a poem um, really opens up the gates to like the many ways in which I can use words to communicate a meaning, which may go beyond a very straightforward sentence. You know, there may be, you know, a rhythm to what I want to say or a pause um, that I want you to take before moving into the next stanza or something. Um, So I I perform this full reading and um, 
I write the tarot poem and then I mail it to the recipient. And when they receive it, they get to be a part of this distance reading too, because they get to interpret the poem for themselves. It's not just me telling them exactly what to think or, you know, exactly what messages came to me. You know, I'm telling you what, you know, what has come through the words that, you know, are, are meant to come your way. And it's up to you, you know, take what you like, leave the rest, or, you know, you may perceive this poem in a totally different way than I was perceiving it when I was writing. But the fact that it's your interpretation is the part that matters the most. You know, the you know, we can have all of these magical tools and everything, but the most like magical ingredient is ourselves. And so I love writing tarot poems and knowing that people have received them and knowing that, you know, they've done, you know, they've done their own interpretations and it's, it's pretty magical. I, it's one of my favorite things that I do in life, just in general. It sounds pretty magical. Um, I'm curious about what kind of structure you use for the reading. Do you pull cards in a certain type of spread? Do you use a traditional spread? Like, are you, are you, are you okay to talk about, you know, how you, how you pull your cards? Yeah, totally. Um, I am a very, like I said, like process person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I get into the mood, I light a candle, you know, I meditate, do all of the like preparatory work. And then initially when I started doing this terraform work I was like okay I'll just use you know these three you know um tarot spreads and whichever you know one of these standard you know spreads like before current like after you know whatever whichever Mm -hmm. one makes sense for the situation I will use um but it turns out that it's a lot easier for me or it, it always feels more correct for me in my own style of reading to create um, the spread as, you know, I'm reading um, or like right before I read um, based on the person's inquiry or just based off of any downloads that I received during my meditation. Um, And so it's a very customized experience um, from start to end. Oh, that's, that's so neat. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You're letting all of the pieces come together as they as they feel right in the moment. And so that anybody's poem is going to be not only just unique to them, but even the process of how it comes is going to be unique. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. And then do you read for yourself? Do you have a daily tarot practice? Yeah, I do read for myself. Um, Definitely not as much as I read for others. Um, I have a daily like morning practice. Um, Sometimes I feel like the message I can get from one card pull can be really, really potent. And so I don't do a daily card pull. Uh, I probably would say maybe every few days or every week um, because I I can get sort of like information overload a lot. Yeah. And so I, you know, I I try to be gentle and compassionate with myself because sometimes I can get into the trap of, oh my gosh, I didn't pull a tarot card today. Uh, You know, I'm still thinking about the one from yesterday, you know, I'm overwhelmed. And then I just, you know, skip my morning practice for a week. So I I do have a personal tarot practice. 
yeah yeah it's so so wild how you know these things that we choose to like do for our soul and our spirit can like we can turn them into like stressful to do things you know totally yes (laughs) yeah yeah stressful to do no worries um yeah it's it's an interesting thing but you know it is what it is yeah, I mean, I, I really relate to that. I, for a long time, I would just pull cards sort of when I felt like it. I had a similar experience where my cards were gifted to me from a friend around the same time as you actually. And I would, they came with a book. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I haven't looked at it in a while because I started to sort of use other things and being more intuitive. But the book is sort of traditional in terms of, um, uh, weights, weights, original meanings, you know, like mm-hmm. that I find really patriarchal to be fair. Like I, I find them really yeah. difficult, but I also like to know what, you know, the original meaning was. And I also sure. give myself lots of permission to use my own. But so then I got on a thing where, <clears throat> so I'd sort of do it every once in a while. And then I got into like moon cycles. So I would pull cards at uh, the full moon and the new moon and sort of journal about it. And like every once in a while I wouldn't, and I didn't worry too much about that. And then I got into daily pulls and I would pull one card every day and really um, think about it and journal about it. And then do you follow Liz Worth? Do you know about her? She's a Toronto based tarot reader. No, no, no. Okay. She's, she's great. You might like her too. Okay. But I started sort of um, doing some of her practice and she pulls three cards every day and they don't have any designation. You just pull them and then you sort of synergize them to, to come up with sort of a, a broader, a broader meeting. So then I started to cool. do that. Yeah. And then I started to <laughs> pull in the bottom, you know, when you turn over the bottom one and then that's. Um, some people say that that's your shadow card, like what you should be working mm-hmm. on with shadow work, which is really my bag. So then I started doing that. So now I have, this, like, I have, I have to pull three cards and then I have to, like, if I'm not really feeling what one of them is, then I, you know, I either look in my Rachel Pollock book or I look in something else, like, and just become, and some days I just feel like I'm going through the motions Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm not feeling even, you know, any kind of you know, feelings, like I'm not having any feelings about this. I'm just sort of going through it or it doesn't really make sense to me. And then, so then I can like get all hung up on that and be like, oh, I'm just doing this for the sake of doing And then on the other <laughs> side, I think to myself, well, no, you're just, this is what today is. It's, this is also part of it. Like you not really connecting or not really getting it is part of what today is teaching you in terms of, mm. right? Um, yeah, I try to, you know, instead of, I try to, instead of beating my up myself up over things, just instead, like reframe it, like, well, what if this is the lesson or, you know, and I'm good at that, like 50% of the time. (laughs) I love that so much. It's, you know, it's, it's just information, right. Um, you know, and one thing I'm trying to do is uh, I think something I will always be trying to do is like slow down and yeah. um, try to take a look at like what 
what are my surroundings? What are my feelings? What are the people I'm in relation to? What is this all teaching me? What do I, and not that everything has to be a lesson, but I think there are little nuggets in our everyday lives that we are so inclined to ignore um, Mm -hmm. just because we are going through the motions, especially I think for a lot of us in pandemic times, um, it can easily feel like every day is the same. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to feel like trying to be a little bit more intentional about finding little nuggets of inspiration or joy. You know, I think I found a like a wrapper on like a candy wrapper on the floor the other day and just marveled at how it like <laughs> shimmered in the afternoon light. Oh, I was like, I love that. This is so delightful. <laughs> this is such a tiny little thing like and you know it doesn't have to be the deepest meaning ever right like it can just you know be like I like this um but yeah there there is so much around us that we can overlook by just going through the motions and I know everyone um you know is probably aware of this um and I I really related to your story about you know um feeling like you're going through the motions and like your tarot practice Um, you know, the other morning, I always end up having to, like, create this big to, like, morning, my personal practice list, you know, I pray, I meditate, and I do this and that, and one of them is working in a self-love workbook, and one of the questions was, like, what right now is making you happy, and I looked beside myself, and I had this stack of, like, workbooks, and tarot cards, and all of this, and I was, like, nothing about any of this is making me happy right now and like had I not stopped to pause you know I would have just kept going through the motions and um I don't know but at that moment I was able to pause and learn about myself hey I need a simpler practice um because I'm feeling really stressed out right now um so so yeah I'm just loving that idea of just like what is this moment trying to teach me Um, and and phrasing it into a question instead of an excuse to beat myself up because I could do that all day long. Yes. Yep. Uh, Yep. I feel like, I feel people, people will, uh, people will resonate with that for sure. Um, One of the things that I was introduced to me when I started working with um, Jericho Mandiber, and I know that you've used her deck Um, for one of your yeah so she was my coach for a while and it was like very wonderful and yeah one of the things she had me do or she didn't force me she recommended was to write um, commitment statements in the morning when I started to practice my journaling and so um, you know what was I going to commit to and for me it was committing to um trusting basically. And so we came up with this, with a really short statement that was like, I commit to trusting that. And it wasn't just, I trust because I was having a hard time trusting. So I had to commit to trusting Mm. that what I put out will come back to me in expansive growth. And that was sort of my commitment statement. And then like I did with my morning practice, (laughs) I started adding more sentences (laughs) like bringing in more descriptive words. And, you know, then I was having like, like two paragraphs of commitment statements and I didn't even have any more time in my morning practice to like pull my cards or do any of the other 
definitely. I was like, okay. Then from all of this, what is the core? Like, what is the haiku of this, you know, rambling poem that I've created? And so then you go back to, and that's what I think sometimes too, like we keep, like what you were saying, the stack of spiritual stuff that you've got, but you feel like you're just bypassing, right? You're just spiritually bypassing. You're just going through the motions or doing, doing your stuff. And then it's like, okay, well, what of all of this do I like, you know, Mm -hmm. like what, and what do I want to go back to? And then you really know, and that'll change all the time. And it, we're changing and the world is changing and like what speaks to us today is, is maybe won't speak to us in a couple of weeks or, you know, a couple of years. And I love the idea that the awareness of it and the commitment to making it still mean something, right. Really thinking about Mm it and then, and, and re, you know, reassessing and then committing to trying something new or going back or just committing to changing if it's not working. I think that's really important part of um, spiritual practice and, and just growth. And it's, there's like, there's, there's a, there has to be a confidence in yourself to be able to make those choices. Right. Exactly. Yes. There has to be confidence. And um, I think also a level of commitment to flexibility in uh, our spiritual practice does benefit a lot of us, probably all of us um, who do have a spiritual practice because, and I have to say the same thing about our tarot practice, you know, as, as we evolve, as the world evolves, so do our perspectives and our, you know, list of experiences and lessons learned. And as we, I don't want to say move forward because that sounds so linear, but as we journey through this life, these things are supposed to change. Like our morning practices, they're supposed to evolve along with us. Our relationship to the tarot it's supposed to evolve along with us. And I think one thing that really, you know, seeps into a lot of our heads is this idea that, you know, if I do X, X, and X, I will have, you know, the result that I want. If I do these three things every morning, I will be super mindful all day. And mm-hmm. we have to step back and, you know, give ourselves some wiggle room, you know, feel into our lives instead of, you know, having life sort of dictate how we feel and sometimes that means just going slower or being a little bit more compassionate with ourselves or you know taking a break and you know just putting down the to to do the list for a while and like you know because at the end of you know a lot of our personal practice in terms of you know just within the confines of ourselves is to you know it's all about like learning about ourselves and listening to ourselves and being aligned with ourselves. And once we lose sight of that, I think that's when like the messy sort of linear capitalist sort of, you must do this for this result thinking sort of pops in, you know? Yeah. And I think it's that rigidity that has always been so, uh, (laughs) repulsive to me about traditional religion right? Like it's that side of spirituality where it's like, you must do this on this day every single week. And on this day, you must do this. And, and I think for a lot of people, that kind of structure is really 
like calming and soothing and, 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 you know, um, really speaks to, to that speaks to them. And, and it's never, um, it's just not worked for me, even just like, like, you know, one book that tells you how to live like that's, or one philosophy, one way, like none of that has ever worked for me. And, um, you can feel sort of like an outsider when people have these practices, right. And they have this community and you're like, "Eh, I don't have that. Um, but then when you, yeah, when you lean into this is mine and it's taken from a few different places and I've worked it into my life and it works for me and, and it's very special to me and it's okay that it, like you said, is flexible and, um, that I'm paying attention to it. So it doesn't become just something I do. Are you curious about shadow work, but don't know what it is or don't know where to start? Do you want to dig deep and get to the root of what is making you afraid and stopping you from moving forward? Or do you just want to start 2021 with fresh eyes? It's Megan here. I've put together a free workbook called Me and My Shadow. I talk a little bit about the origins with Carl Jung, give lots of examples of what shadow work is, and provide you with a ton of journal prompts to get you started. Head over to my website at www.ubuskills.com to get your free copy. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You spoke to something I've never really talked to anyone about, which is this, you know, growing up, my parents were very much like, you create your own, you know, worldview, you, um, you know, explore different beliefs and different, you know, ways of life. And, you know, as long as you try to be a good person, you know, you form whatever worldview you need to help you, you know, exist on that path. And I, you know, as a child, even, even until now, to be quite honest, still crave like I would be jealous of other people who, you know, went to a church and had a community and had, mm-hmm. you know, set, you know, ways to do certain rituals that, you know, were supposed to be, you know, universal. And so you're all in the shared experience. And I have felt, I still feel a little bit, you know, envious of that and a little jealous that, you know, some people do have a handbook on how to live. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I, as difficult as it has been to sort of like find what works for me and to commit to continually finding that, um, I still feel like this path of flexibility and mindfulness and compassion is, it's the right one for me at least. And I, and I also feel like the world could use a little bit more compassion and flexibility. So um, what I can extend to myself, I can, you know, hopefully ripple out into the world. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that idea of just um, being an example, even when it's hard. Right. Because it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, the, such a weird time where people are really secluded and um you know generally if you feel like that in general and then on top of that there's this pandemic then um then it makes it even weirder but but then 
like you sort of built a community, right? Like you've created this series that people go back to every week. I mean, I know for me, I, I look for it and I, I, I don't just read it like in the moment, like, you know, like I wait until I can sit and properly read it. And I really, you know, value the participating with it and, and knowing that other people do. And like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. you build community, like that's way to go. Oh, thank you. My heart is so big right now. I feel like I, I'm tearing up. That is, <laughs> that is just one of the most, like, I don't know. I want to say shiny, shiny things that someone has ever said to me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel sometimes I just think in symbols, um, but that, that is very true. And I, I, the people that I have gotten to connect with and to hear from and to learn about and, and engage with as a result of this blog series, it blows my mind. I, you know, for years have felt, you know, um, an interesting sort of isolation and interestingly enough in this weird pandemic world, I have found so much community with people I've never met. (laughs) And it's wild to me to know that, you know, people are, you know, reading my blog all over the world. And actually, like, I get to hear stories of them taking actions, you know, in their relationships with their family or, you know, in their community, or maybe they're uncomfortable going out, but, you know, they donated to every single organization um, that I've listed, you know, and it's just like, wow, I'm not the only person, you know, who sees value in this. And wow, I can use this as sort of a tool to not just connect myself with a bunch of other people, but, you know, people sometimes find each other in my comments and, you know, in the email newsletter. And I'm just like, oh, this is wonderful. You know, I'm part of a community, even though, this whole time I wasn't thinking it apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I guess, when you know that what you like, I like that you said that it was scary for you. Like when you got the idea and maybe you said this, or maybe you didn't say this, but it's, it stuck to me as something like that. You almost didn't want to do it. Like you were yeah. like, no, but it maybe the idea wouldn't leave you alone. Cause you knew it was important. And then you knew it sort of, no, it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and look, like you've had all the evidence of, of, it was definitely the right thing to do. And it, um, helped, you know, build, build something really important that I think, uh, you know, I don't know you very well, but I would, I think from what I can see from what you're, how you're explaining everything that it, it is important to you to have, to have made that to, for it to be what it is for it to have worked sort of in the way you intended, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. sometimes you don't know if that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, then, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I'm really glad that I did it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I, listen, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you for telling us about, you know, your origins with tarot and your practice and, and everything behind here. And um, 
I'll be putting up all of your links on the, um, in the show notes, but can you tell people how they would go about getting one of your tarot poems? Yeah, you can go to my website, mariamenis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-M-I-N-N-I-S.com. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and you can just hit work with me and you'll find all of my offerings, including um, my tarot poems. And you can just fill out the form on the website and pay right there. Um, there are options. Um, there's discounted rates for BIPOC and or disabled people. Um, and also, I'm willing to barter and I also pay, um, I offer pay what you can services to anyone. So you can pay literally anything from a dollar to whatever you'd like. Um, and yeah, I'd love to work with, you know, anyone writing these poems is such a joy and being able to connect with people's energy and their guides through this beautiful poetic process is, is a huge, huge honor of my life. Oh, I love that. And if people go to your website, they can also find the blog as well. And so you can go and check out all of the thus far, what are we at? 20? 20, yes. 20. Did you do the full? Yes, I did a long, okay. long time ago. But yeah. Okay. I'm just thinking, I was just like, I don't think I've read the full. I've got to go back in time and read it. Thank you so much, Maria. I, I, I just love talking to you today. I really loved it too. I am so grateful for the space that you've created. And I uh, thank you so much for letting, you know, inviting me here today. It's been my pleasure. I absolutely loved that conversation with Maria Menace and if you get the chance, I highly recommend going over to her website and reading everything you can about her anti-racism with the tarot blog. She's now finished it. We recorded this a couple of weeks ago. So you can binge read and do all of uh, the incredible work that she has that is attached to her posts. And you can find that at mariaminis.com. Minis has two N's. You can follow her on Instagram. Her handle is at tinyparsnip. As for me, I am Megan Hamilton. Every sound that you hear on this show, including all of the music, is mine. You can go uh, to the show notes to get a link. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a comment or shoot me an email, Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at ubuskills.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you love it, please share. Thank you. Thank you.